All right. The word today. Uh, <laughs> just wondering, first of all, has anyone ever received good advice from their parents? <laughs> I better put my hand up because my mum and dad are here. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> now, can you remember some of the advice they gave you when you were young? I'll give you some of the pearls of wisdom. <laughs> if you don't clean your ears, pumpkins are going to grow out. <laughs> what about this one? If you swallow watermelon seeds, watermelons will grow inside of you. What about this one? If, if the wind changes and you're pulling a funny face, <laughs> it's going to stay like that. I blame the wind. <laughs> there, there's a lot of stuff that you get told as a kid, right, that's just like actually pretty crazy. Um, has anyone else got any that their mum and dad shared with them when they were young? Eat your crust, you get curly hair. Eat your crust, you get curly hair. <laughs> oh, I ate my crust, yeah. I don't think that one's true either. <laughs> Sorry, what was that one? There you go. If you swallow chewing gum, you get appendicitis. So if you ever get appendicitis, it's your own fault. <laughs> now, there's lots of things that we, we hear and it's like, it seems like such good advice at the time. You know, when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, I better clean my ears. You know, there's all these things that, that we're given and um, I was just sort of thinking about one of the verses that I've loved for many years and I still love it, uh, but as I started dwelling on it, I started to think there's something just a little bit wrong with the verse. Now, I'm not saying the Bible's wrong, don't, don't misquote that. But as I started thinking about it, I was like, what's the context of all this word? Because... I've been looking at uh, different things since the new year, basically, and you know, I'm just saying, guys, God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you physically, definitely. He wants to bless you in that way. He wants to heal your broken heart. If you're broken hearted, he wants to heal that. He wants you to walk in faith, you know, to actually really trust God. And last week, uh, last week, I think it was, just talking about how, um, you know, it's about we're believing in God. Are we actually believing in God for anything? Is our faith being tested, so to speak? That we're saying, you know what, God, I need you. I'm, I'm actually going to go into faith and not try and earn everything anymore. I'm just going to stop relying on myself and putting my trust in man, but I'm going to sort of step out and um, trust you again. Because, you know, quite often we, we get born again, like I said, we'll stick notes on our fridge and the promises of God and we're praying for them because we've got no money and we're just believing God for increase. We've, we've got bad health, so we're, we're sticking up the verses about healing that are in the Bible and how God wants to heal us and, you know, by Jesus' stripes we're healed and we're, we're confessing those things over our life and we're believing for things. But sometimes we just stop because we're so good now. We're, we're all good. We're, we've got it made and... And I was just like, come on, guys, let's believe in God again. And this week, I just wanted to talk about um, us and our relationship with money, I guess, you know, because th there's many times throughout my Christian life I've heard the extremes of either way. Number one, you know, God just wants you to be filthy rich, and if you give, it's like a slot machine. You give your money, and God will give you back ten and a hundredfold, and so you should be rich. If you're not rich, you're not a Christian, you're not really believing God. And then on the other side, I know we shouldn't have any money at all. We should all be poor. We should all give everything away and, and have nothing. And, and, and 
you know, we could easily find, well, I can actually find verses about God increasing and, and growing us. I can't actually see many verses about God causing us into poverty. I can see things about us being generous and giving stuff away. But whenever he talks about, you know, there, there's verses that say, you know, God makes some rich and some poor, but it says that it was all about their arrogance, their pride, and he brings down the, the proud, but yet, yet the humble he lifts up. And part of the message that Jesus was preaching as, as he gave that, that amazing time and unopened opened the scrolls that we, we've been looking at, part of it was he preaches good news to the poor. And I was like, okay, so he's preaching good news to the poor, what does that really mean? And, and the verse that I've loved for so long, you know, what, why did it sort of bother me a little bit? And, and I'll just get to it because in the end it comes down to our heart and do we really trust God? So here's our verse, uh, two, three verses, Proverbs 30, verse 7 to 9. O oh God, I beg two favours from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me to never tell a lie. That's great. I don't want to ever tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Now, I've, I've, uh, I've loved that verse for so long because I'm like, Okay, um, that's a great thing to ask from God, isn't it? I don't want to be rich because if I'm rich, I'll just stop trusting in you, God. You know, I have so much money that my affections will change and I'll love money. So I'll, I'll just love money. And then on the other side is like, but God, don't make me poor because if I'm poor, I might go out and steal something. I might decide that, you know, I need it, therefore someone else has worked hard for it, but I need that. Let me grab it because I'm poor and I need that. So, so I'm going to take it. So here's the question that I ask myself. Is it then wrong to be rich and wrong to be poor? We should have just what we need. Or does God want to prosper us or does he not want to prosper us and he wants us to remain in poverty? Or does he just want us, yeah, like I said, just to have enough? And so as I was thinking about it, because I looked through Proverbs and there's so many verses about, you know, um, God increasing, God making rich wisdom. If you, if you look at the start of Proverbs, it talks about how wisdom will build its house, her house, and in it is riches and honour and blah, 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 blah. So we know that there's something about wisdom and following what God wants that will help us grow and, and be successful in life in every single area. And then there's some about people who trust in riches, and how really bad that is, and God will bring them down, and that'll be their ruin, and all that sort of stuff. And, and in the end, I made this decision, I guess, that the person who wrote this was very unsure of where their heart truly lay. That, that's what I got out of it. It's like, why would you pray such a prayer? I think it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. And I'm not saying it's a wrong thing to pray, but it really made me think, where, where is the problem here is that it's not having too much or too little. The problem was that if I had too much or too little, would I then find out 
that the testing of my heart would find me short of trusting God and loving God. Does that make sense? So it comes down to this then, that obviously there must be some heart issue involved when it comes to money in our lives, you know. Um, so I'll just read through some of the, the things that we could say. So number one, I just want you to get this. This is a guarantee from God, right? Guarantee from God that he will give us what we need. He will meet our needs. That's 100% guaranteed. So we could look at Matthew 6.11 and 6.33. Matthew 6.11 says this, Give us today the food we need. That's Jesus saying, when you pray, pray this prayer. So when you pray daily, pray that God will give you what you need. That, why? Because God wants to answer that prayer. And then later on in that same chapter, in verse 33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you what? Everything you need. Paul, when he writes about it, he says that God would supply all your need out of his riches in glory. There's, there's this heart of God to care for his children, to, to make sure that they have what they need. Uh, the psalmist wrote, you know, that he's never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. That God wants to make sure that we have whatever we need. And first of all, I want you to understand that. God wants you to have everything you need. So, so we could take those verses and think about it and go, you know what, that's life. God just wants me to have what I need and nothing more. But if we start to think about it further, um, when Paul's writing about it, he says that you'll have everything you need in 1 Corinthians, plus you'll have more than enough so that you'll be able to give to every good cause. That from your generosity, you will actually reap something. Let's have a look at Deuteronomy 28. Verse 8 to 10. No, not, not 8 to 10. 8, verse 8, and then verse 11 and 12. So this is an Old Testament verse. This is um, going back to obedience to the law. So, you know, if you obey God, if you live righteously, if you put him above all things else, this is the blessing that will come on your life. Verse, chapter 28, verse 8. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do, and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Verse 28, sorry, chapter 28, verse 11. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you'll never need to borrow from them. Doesn't that then speak of that our God wants to give us more than enough, that he actually wants to prosper us and help us to grow. So th this is where we start to go, well, what is it, God, that you want from me? Do you want to just meet my needs? Do you want me to prosper? And I think as I started dwelling on it more and more and more, again and again and again, it was like, no, we're looking at your heart. Where is your heart? Where is your trust in God? We'll, we'll go to that. Am I trusting him for the source? So we've seen that there, you know, there's a blessing, like, yep, he'll give us what we need, and then there's a blessing, but then have a look at this. Hebrews 13, 5, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. So we should be satisfied, but should we stay there? For God says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. 
1 Timothy 6, 8 and 9. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Verse 10, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And Luke 12, 21, Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. As we think about these things, what really comes to the high point to me is the love of money. Do we actually love money? What does love of money mean anyway? I love money. I love spending it. I love what it buys me. There's nothing wrong with that. But what does love really mean? Love is where you start to trust in that money more than God. You trust yourself as the source more than God, which we'll look at in a bit more detail soon. But there's definitely a warning there, isn't there? Just as that person in Proverbs wrote about, you know, I don't want more, I don't want to be rich lest I forget you, there's a definite warning for us here that money is a problem sometimes to us. That we begin to elevate finance above faith. We, we, we start to get what is called the spirit of mammon or the things of this world, the trust in the world, the riches and those sorts of things and we can certainly pursue them. And, and the warning there is that, whoa, be careful. Be careful that you don't get drawn into this, this false worldly attitude of like, I love money, I want to get money because you just very well might be pierced through your soul and have many sorrows. That the pursuit of riches, the actual pursuit of riches, that that is your end goal, could actually end you being shipwrecked in faith, that it could, could blow your life away, really. But Jesus says, no, you're a fool if you think that earthly treasure is what it's all about. It's about having a rich relationship with God. And it seems to me that this is one of those areas where we get so upset. You know, I talked about it a little bit last week in Offering Talk that, you know, how often the fights that we have as couples are about money. The disputes are about finance. That this is where our attitudes are developed from, where we, where we grab hold of money and we actually let our lack or our success dictate our emotion, dictate what we believe and how we, how we live. Have you ever felt that? Because what happens is that we, we start to lift money up above God, but at the same time, we want to know that, does God want me to prosper? Because there's some out there today that would, would probably have that, that thought, you know, well, you know, God doesn't want me to prosper. I do not believe that to be true from what I've read. I don't believe that God doesn't want you to prosper in all things just as your soul prospers. I, I believe he wants to prosper you. But, but you see, the thing is that it's not about you getting rich. Never has been. Never will be. God doesn't want you to be rich. He wants you to prosper, which may include riches in your life. And, and this morning, I just want to ask you the question, have you opened up yourself to believe that God might actually want to prosper you.
Or are you embarrassed whenever success comes your way that, you know, a, a little bit like that proverb we, we read that if success comes my way, I'm going to forget God. Is that a fear that you have? Because I know I've spoken to a lot of people that, about that and, you know, we, we, we talk about healing and we talk about prosperity. Does God want us to prosper? Does God want to heal us? And, you know, I remember listening to, to one preacher and he was always accused. He said, oh, you're from that um, health and prosperity church. And he says, tongue in cheek, he said, oh, no, I'm from that sickness poverty church down the road. That <laughs> there was something about that mindset that was like, you know, we can't prosper. And, and every single time that I've talked to people like that, there's this fear inside of them that if anyone has money, they will abandon God. Now, it's a very real prospect. There's no doubt about that. Jesus wouldn't have warned about it if that wasn't a prospect. In fact, he, he challenged a rich young ruler that came his way and said for him, money was his God and he was living a really righteous and good life. And Jesus said to him, what, one thing you lack is that you need to give away everything you have, sell it to the poor. Why did Jesus pick that particularly for him? He didn't say that to anyone else that I've, I've seen. But, but his heart was tied up with that love of money, that he hadn't trusted God. He was doing all the right things, but he still wasn't trusting God. And so this is the challenge that, that I want to throw out to you today. Do you believe that God can prosper you? I would like to say, yes, he can. I, there's enough verses about that. But what he's wanting to really see is this, you beginning to depend on him. He doesn't want you to ever make money the centre of your life. Psalm 62.10 says this, Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, see that? If it does, don't make it the centre of your life. Nothing wrong with increasing wealth, but making it the centre of your life. And it's very true what was said in Timothy, that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, if you think about it. Why do people human traffic? Money. Why do they sell drugs? Money. Why do they rip you off? Money. Why do they steal? Money. Because there's this lust to have... And they'll do anything to get it. And, and that, is, that is the address that, that we need to think about even for ourselves as Christians. Are we so greedy that we will neglect God for money? Are you, like, this is personal experience in the fire brigade. We were offered overtimes all the time. Overtime is worth a lot of money when you're in the fire brigade, especially on a Sunday. You can earn... Three or four days pay, basically, easily, in one day. What do you do if, if they're saying, we want you to work overtime on a Sunday? Sometimes it could be a gift from God, right? I'm not saying it's not. But what if it happens and then next week, Sunday, overtime, yep, I'm, I'm taking it. Next Sunday, yep, overtime, it's money. But I've actually got enough money and I don't need the money, but... My heart's like, I need the money. I begin to neglect the things of God because there's money available. In other words, I'm not going to put God first. I'm not going to say, no, it's more important that, that I actually 
spend time in fellowship with Christians and grow my faith and, and be part of a fellowship because, you know what, I need money on a Sunday. And I can tell you without a doubt that my daughter, one of my daughters, um, when she was working, they'd say, oh, there's no Sunday work. Almost every single time she'd made a commitment, coming to church on Sunday, Dad, you're rostered on on Sunday. How tough is that? Because we know we have to work, right? But when it actually becomes something that we're choosing to do, opting to go after money instead of God, that's where the problem begins to start. Because we could then go, oh yeah, but God wants to prosper us and make us rich and blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't want us to neglect him ever. He doesn't want to make our pursuit of money the number one thing in our life because in all honesty, money is not going to save you the day you die. You will go into that grave without any of your money. Or even if you do put the money in there, if that's in your will, that you just want all your cash put in your, in your grave with you, it's useless to you. I love Ecclesiastes. It makes you so depressed, but it's so smart. You work all your life for everything and then you die and someone else gets it. <laughs> Thank you for that good news. But, but that's simply the truth, isn't it? Yet how often do we rely on our finances rather than on God? And this is where I want you to just get to a point of understanding. Because here is one truth that's in the Bible. The rich and the poor have this one thing in common. God made them all. In God's eyes, there's no difference whether you're rich or poor. In terms of his grace, his love and what he wants to do in your life, there's no difference. They have it in common that God made them both, the rich and the poor. So we're not more blessed in God's eyes if we're rich and more favoured if we're rich. And, you know, you'd see Jesus say that. He says, you know, if you have a banquet, don't just invite everyone who can invite you back. Or, you know, don't just say hello to your friends, say hello to your enemies. There's something about the Christian character that is refined and changed. And this is what I'm saying about the heart. When I first read that proverb, I'm just like, that's awesome. Lord, I'd love that over my life. But now I'm like, you know what, God... I actually want to be a conduit for your blessing to others. I don't want to have just enough because that's actually quite selfish, isn't it? Do you think that's selfish? Oh, I do, because it's just look after me. But what if God could use me and he would use me to bless others, that, that he could make me a conduit of blessing to other people, that he could make me a conduit of blessing to the church and, and supporting things with finance or missions overseas or, or whatever it might be, that what if God could actually prosper me, not because he wants me to be rich, but because he wants me to be able to be in a position to bless others, which is why I love that Corinthians verse, that you'll have everything you need, plus you'll have enough left over to give to every good cause. That's the person who is generous. That's the promise for them, not to the scabby man, but to the generous person. So what it boils down to is this. Money can stop you depending on God as your source. And the dependence that you have on God will actually determine the success you have in life. And there's, uh, I'll just put up the Psalm 50 if you read through that. 
God in that psalm is basically saying this. Guys, your offerings aren't wasted. I love your offerings. But let me get this one thing clear to you. I don't need it. You know what? God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your food. He doesn't need your clothes. He doesn't need anything from you. He's got everything. He says, but look, it's good to do this. What I want you to remember this is that what you give to me is more about you testing your own heart and whether you are dependent on me, whether you are honouring me in your life. God doesn't need it, but he says, go and make your thankful sacrifice. That's what you should be doing, but I want you to understand that I don't actually need it. This is not a test for me. This is a test for you. Are you really depending on God? When we give, when we, we decide that, that our life is to be dedicated to God, it's teaching us to be dependent on him and to get our heart right with him. And the setup here is that the point is this, that it's about depending on him. The point of your giving is so that you can get to the point of depending on him, that, you, that you're thinking, you know what, I am not my supply. I'm not the one who supplies everything. In fact, I'm going to give to God because I recognise this is the source of everything. And you know what giving to God sometimes makes you do? Depend on him. If you think about the giving that you do, if you give a lot, sometimes that causes you pain, doesn't it? You're like, should I give to God or to a person? No, I won't because I'm just, I don't have enough. But if I don't give, I will have enough. What's that doing to you? Your dependence is totally going off God when it is put on your heart by him to do. It's to prove it to you. And when we have a problem with giving a portion of what we have back to God, when people see themselves, that means that people are seeing themselves as their own source, that, that they are saying, I am my source, my education. You know, I've got this through my education. I did study, I did, you know, I worked really hard, I've, I've saved, I've invested. This is all me. I don't depend on God for everything, anything, because I have done it all myself. And you will find that your heart gets so tested in that. If you cannot give, you have not yet learnt to trust God. You have not learnt that God is your source. You have never given him the honour of saying, God, everything I have is from you. Because people who do not see God as their source are going to refuse to give a part of what they have to him. Because they are self-reliant and it all comes from them. And it's really, really difficult to do that if you see yourself as your provider. So I want to look at a verse, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7, just to sort of hammer this home for us. What do you have that God hasn't given you? If everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? Do you understand that? Literally everything you have is a gift from God. 
I love that question. If I ask that now, what do you have today that God hasn't given you? The, the point wasn't for us to say, well, there's this, this and this. It's for that recognition that nothing that I have hasn't been gifted to me of God. And let me tell you this, that if you had something good happen to you last year, something perfect, let me remind you that this, that God gives good and perfect gifts and he never changes. Every good and perfect gift in your life is a gift from God because he gives good gifts. Now, you are able to prosper without God in terms of riches, right? Would, would you agree with that? As I said before, you know, the, the drug dealer. How often do we see on the news they found like $10,000 cash in the cupboard? They found $3 million worth of drugs. You don't have to be a Christian and honour God to be rich, do you? But when God gives a blessing, it adds no sorrow with it. This is where we know it's from God. There's no sorrow attached to this finance that I get. There's no, no sorrow attached to the blessing that I get. Let's look at Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. What's it saying? That, that when the blessing is from God... There's no sorrow attached. But when it's not from God, there's sorrow. We don't know what's going on in people's lives. We see that are rich. But I can guarantee if that blessing has not come from God, there's sorrow in it somewhere. Someone's being hurt and someone is hurting. The person who just got ripped off and had to pay excessive amounts for that, that goods that they sold, they got hurt. There's sorrow with it. The person who sold the drugs... They got someone hooked, someone's daughter, someone's son who overdosed in the street and dies. There's sorrow with it. There's always someone who gets hurt because when things are born out of sin, that is the result. The result of sin is always death. Always. But following after the Spirit always gives life. And so as, as I'm talking this morning about this, I just want to tell you this, we are not on earth to get rich. Because you can get rich without God. The objective is not that. The objective is this, that on earth we learn that we are depending on God for everything in our lives. That it's him. Can I... Can you get to the place where we are depending on him for our life? Now, money is one of those things that very clearly shows us, and it's very simple to show us very quickly where our heart truly is with God. Very quickly. Jesus put it this way. He said that if you can't be trusted with earthly riches, forget about the spiritual riches. This is how important it is. If, if you can't be trusted to look after what God has given you, to honour him, to use your finance for those things of God and obviously to feed yourself and have fun, 
Ecclesiastes says some fun things there about us and enjoying what we have that God has given us. I love one of the tithes in the Bible where they all brought in their tithe and then they just had this massive feast. They basically cooked it all up and had a massive feast together. That's pretty awesome, right? The goal, and it never has been the goal to be on earth, is to get rich, is to depend on God, to make a point of acknowledging that everything we have comes from him. Whatever it is comes from him. When God is your source, when he's the one that you're looking to, there is no sorrow added to your success. That's pretty good, isn't it? So what's all this message really about? Hmm. At the end of this, what would you say? Does God want me to be rich or not? The point's not about being rich. He does want to prosper you. Why does he want to prosper you? If you look at all the people in the Old Testament that God saw had faith and loved him and followed after him, it talked about Isaac and how he planted crops and he had a hundredfold on what he planted because God blessed him because he was believing and following after God. Abraham, the same, he honoured God with what he had. That, that There's definitely this whole thing about God prospering people, but our prosperity has nothing to do with us being rich. If God chooses to prosper you, because we could sit here and go, well, if he does, it doesn't really matter. If he doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. And that's the whole point of it, that, that we need not be scared of money. It's not, it's not a good or bad thing. It can be good if it's put in the right hands. It can be bad in the hands of someone else. It's not, money itself is not evil, but the love of money is what is the root of all evil. So much evil. So let me ask you this question today. When, when you prosper, do you put it down to God? Do you then do as what I was talking about in Deuteronomy where you're like, you know what, as God prospers me, I'm going to give. I love hearing stories about some people that they started off tithing or whatever they did and then they've gone to the double tithe and there's some people that tithe tithe 90% of their finances to God. That's not love of money, is it? And, and this is the thing that I want you to remember. Remember what I said before, that Jesus said that if, if you can't be trusted with money, he's not going to trust you with spiritual riches. Simple as that. If you can't put money in the right perspective in your life and not make it your God, if you, can't, if, if you can get that right, God will trust you with spiritual riches. There's a link between the two. The way that finance grabs us and holds us, or it doesn't. Whether finance or money is our God, or whether it isn't, and the whole point is that it should not be. And the parable of the talents shows us very clearly that, that when God gives us something we're meant to use it for his kingdom 
the gifts and the talents for him. And if we do, God will increase. This is something that he does. He increases it as we're faithful. And, the, and here's the question today that you need to really think about. Because Jesus said it, those that are faithful with little will be faithful with much. Who is God going to entrust much to? I mean God, not you chasing money. Who is God going to entrust much to? The people who might not have right today, but they are faithful with the little that they've been given. They're the people who's God, who God is looking for to say, let me give you more. And of course, in all of that, there's this heart involved. But that's why it comes so clear when you've got nothing. Because you still choose to honour God regardless. You choose to say, no God, you are my source regardless. And as I said before, sometimes it's easier to recognise God as your source when you've got nothing because you have literally no other option. So that's the first challenge. With the little, are you faithful? The second challenge is this. Have you allowed money, now that God has prospered you, to become your source? And does that mean there's a challenge on your life around finance and what he wants you to use it for? Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you so much for everything you've done for us. Lord, as I think about how good you've been to me over the years, how you've provided when I have had nothing, how you've blessed me and brought me through. I just want to pray that over this church. Lord, I want to pray unexpected blessings on people, Lord God. I, I pray that there would just be that money that comes out of the blue, Lord, for some people that need it. I pray that, Father God, for jobs. I pray for promotions. I pray for increase, that they would prosper as their soul prospers, Father God, that you would pour out your blessing on them and that they would see your heart to want to see them grow in faith, in love and in knowledge. I just thank you for everything you've done for us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, let's stand and, and we'll end with the song. Um, perhaps you're here this morning and as you've heard this message, you're like, you know what? I don't even think I've ever acknowledged God at all, let alone with money, but even in my own life. As Mitch was talking about Jesus on the cross, that the verse John 3:16 God so loved the world he gave his only son God's giving has been evident throughout everything and he gave his life for you so that you could be forgiven of sin if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus I just want to give you that opportunity to pray with me and um, please come up the front afterwards and come and say hi to me and say you prayed that prayer with me I'd love that how does it work? The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's that transfer of me being God to God being God, recognising that, recognising that you need Jesus. You need to be forgiven of sin and you can't do it yourself. 
But here's an opportunity to just ask him into your life right now. If you just pray with me. Father God, I'm sorry that I haven't followed you. I pray you'll forgive me of my sin. Lord, set me free today. I want to devote my life to you from this day on. I don't want anything else to be God to me. I want you to be God. Forgive me, I pray, and come into my life in Jesus' name. Amen. You might want prayer for something. Front's open. If you're new to church and you just want to say good day and ask about the church, come up and see me afterwards. I'll be out here. Just ask me any questions you want to know. Um, that'd be lovely. Other than that, let's just sing, let's worship, let's praise God. And afterwards, make sure you say hello to someone that you haven't met before. You haven't met before. Maybe even have a cup of coffee with them.